This is Mindset Rx, the podcast made especially for leaders, CEOs, and spiritual entrepreneurs who have ADHD or think they might. It's also for those of you who are asking big questions like, is this all there is? What's next? And what's my purpose? I'm your host, Dr. Robin McKay. I'm an award-winning psychologist and author, spiritual advisor to leaders in tech, healthcare, and entrepreneurship, and I'm a dog mom to my golden doodle puppy, Cooper Mac. Oh, and by the way, I also happen to have ADHD too. You can count on me and my world-class guests to bring you divine prescriptions for making the best of your brain, maximizing your strengths, and recalibrating your perspective so you can lean into your highest potential. See, I believe that neurodiverse, intuitive, intelligent leaders like you and me are wired for this time. We're here to create a new world for ourselves and other people. So it's time to anchor in and bring our visions into reality. Ready? Let's go. To say that Emily the mystic is a kindred spirit would probably be an underestimation of who she is. Emily is a rising leader in the spiritual intelligence and intuition development space. She is a gifted intuitive herself. And she's somebody who I so enjoyed having a conversation with about what it means to be intuitive today, growing up Catholic like she did and I did and the similarities and differences that we experienced in our generation of of growing up different from most people with our spidey senses wide open and wide awake. And she's got a lot of wisdom. On top of that, she, of course, like so many of us, also has an ADHD diagnosis. So we talked a lot about the intersection between ADHD and intuition. We talked about the uh, pathway to arriving where she has arrived at such such a speedy pace. And I'm just really looking forward to sharing this conversation that I have with Emily. So stay tuned for that. We'll dive into the episode in just a few moments. Elise Bassine is a dear friend of mine. She's a trusted colleague, and she's somebody who I go to to talk about things like processing trauma and stepping into the next level of business. And I recommend that you do too. Elise has a couple of things coming up I wanted to share with you. One, she's got a new group program called Trust. And I remember when she launched this, it was inspired right around the end of October to support people in trusting themselves as they step into the next level of business. I think that trust is the number one thing that's lacking in most spiritual entrepreneurs as they're pursuing their business hopes and dreams. And the best way to to transform the lack of trust you have is to meet it head on and to walk shoulder to shoulder into it with Elise and with the colleagues that are coming together in that wonderful program. So if you want more information about that, you can find Elise at Elise Breathes on social media and EliseBreathes.com is her website. You can also download her her breathwork toolkit at her website, which I highly recommend that you do. And get to know her. She's somebody who you're going to want to have in your corner if you are a spiritual entrepreneur who's pursuing her greatest hopes and dreams when it comes to business development. If you're listening to this podcast episode on the day that it releases, there's still time to dive in with me to my mini coaching 
packages that I have available through November 11th, 2022, which is one of my favorite days of the year. I'm so excited to have been inspired to offer these mini coaching packages, especially for people who are wanting to expand their wealth consciousness in order to be able to receive and hold more money in their businesses, recover from burnout so that you can see what's next for you and your beautiful career. And for those of you who are intuitive and intelligent and have been waiting for a place and a time to dive in to work with me more deeply, now is your opportunity. These coaching packages won't last. So I encourage you, if this is something that really lands for you, to go ahead and click on the link, get yourself enrolled, and get yourself invested in expanding your wealth consciousness, recovering from burnout, and all the things that we can very quickly do in a mini coaching package. These are usually $5,000 today and tomorrow through the 11th. We are offering them at $9.97. And if you are ready to rock and roll, we're going to drop the link to register in the comments. So you can go ahead and do that. And I will look forward to working with you on expanding your wealth consciousness and getting yourself aligned with your most healthy and wealthy version of yourself. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I love this next guest, and I know that you will too, Emily the Mystic, Emily. Her 10 years of experience in all things energy, mindset, entrepreneurship, and spirituality are regular, fe regularly featured in media with popular podcasts. She uses her lifetime psychic gifts, along with the Akashic Records, inner child work, shadow work, and hypnotherapy to clear energetic blocks so that her clients can receive massive quantum recalibrations, discover their own intuitive and psychic gifts, create income leaps, and manifest the lifestyle of freedom, fun, and joy that they've always been desiring. And that's one of my favorite things about you, Emily. I love watching your Instagrams, your reels, because you're so joyful. It's like a big party over there. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so overjoyed to be here. And yes, I truly love helping old souls have fun. That's my thing. <laughs> you know, it really, <laughs> that's such a great way to put it. So while there are a lot of old souls who listen to this podcast, they are leaders, CEOs, and spiritual entrepreneurs who think they have ADHD. And ADHD is one of those medical diagnoses that often accompanies high intuition, psychic and intuitive abilities and so on. And I remember when you reached out to me, I think you had listened to one of my earlier episodes and you said, oh, Robin, do I have something <laughs> to say about this? So will you just dive in and just tell us a little bit what about what inspired you to reach out and to for us to be here today? Yeah, absolutely. I, I just can't wait to talk about all of the things today and so excited to share my story because I'm really hoping that I can inspire the intuitive empathic souls out there who really relate to me and where I've been and, and, and my life story as well. So I have always been a very intuitive, empathic, sensitive person all throughout childhood. I was very creative. I was that kid in the back of the classroom who was daydreaming and not paying attention to the teachers and who wanted to be doing arts and crafts instead of focusing on math and science and all of those things. And I was also, and still am a very intelligent person. And so for me, I, I did well in school, but I always felt like 
I was never able to get to that place where I could really be excelling in my work and my studies and school and so on and so forth. And I didn't really understand what was going on. And all, and I also went to um, a university. I went to Temple University here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And when I was in school studying business and management, I realized that my learning style is a lot different than it is for most people. And so for me, when I was in college, I realized, well, I actually really need to take classes and in alignment with my natural energy levels. I could not get up to go to class and focus at nine in the morning. I couldn't do it. I could not get out of bed until mm -hmm. like 10. And then I would go to class at you know, 12 p.m. And so I scheduled my classes in alignment with my natural energy later on in the day. And that really helped support me. That really helped me and, and what was going on for me with my learning style. I have a question about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I spent the early part of my career as a psychologist working with college students. That's a, that's a really insightful observation that you made. How did that occur to you? Because I know a lot of college students who have the same exact experience, but it never occurred to them to do something so simple as, well, choose your class time around where your energy is the highest. It took me, I would say, the first two years of my college experience to really figure that out and to realize, and, and thankfully I had roommates that had similar schedule and similar mm. energy alignment to me. And with us getting up later in the day, it just occurred to me when maybe this was an intuitive hit, maybe this was my guides <laughs> at the time helping me along too, to say, hey, why don't I take more night classes? And why don't I, you know, really focus my time and attention in the afternoon when that's uh, when I'm the most turned on, you know, and able to really mm -hmm. focus. Super smart. So how did that shift things for you? Not just in at university, but since then too. Well, that was huge. That was absolutely huge for me. And I want to back up a little bit before I get into my entrepreneurship journey and share that after I graduated from university, I went on to work in the corporate world and had a traditional nine to five job. And for me, that was a struggle because I went from being able to focus my natural energy in the afternoons, again, when I'm most focused and turned on, to having to, <laughs> having to get up early and go to work and be, you know, turned on at 9 a.m. and not being able to really focus on my job. Mm -hmm. And I really started to struggle. And that's when I personally started to notice the way that I work and the way that I organize myself is so was so different from my colleagues, there's something going on here. Why am I struggling to get to the office at 9 a.m.? Why am I struggling to keep myself super organized? And so that's when I finally decided to see somebody to get some help for what I felt like I was going through. And I went to see a psychiatrist and I did come out with an ADHD diagnosis. And for me, that really put a lot of the puzzle pieces together and helped me to see, wow, the way that I think, the way that I organize myself, the way that I function in day-to-day -day life is so different than the average person. And it really helped to fill a lot of the uh, dots, you know, connect a lot of the dots in and fill in the puzzle pieces for me. Um, and this is new information, by the way, I haven't really been public about this or shared this um, with my with my community as of yet, but I'm really 
inspired and excited to share my story because I work with a lot of very intuitive women and clients who have ADHD or who think they have it as well. And so I specialize in helping women like us discover their intuition and really learn how to hone their unique intuitive gifts. Yeah. I mean, the research is at this point so clear that the, the diagnostic criteria for ADHD and the characteristics of the creative personality are basically two sides of the same coin. Are you going to pathologize it or are you going to celebrate it? And sometimes we have to, I hate to use the word pathologize, but in the clinical setting, there is this, this, um, you know, what, what are the symptoms? What's the diagnosis? What's the treatment? What's the cure? So it is kind of a problem focused approach. Uh, and so many people that I speak with who are creative, intuitive, and happen to have this ADHD diagnosis will say, there is part of me that feels a little bit broken or that something's wrong with me or that I'm somehow flawed. Did you have that experience? And if so, could you speak to that or something around that? Absolutely. And to be honest with you, I still do. It's something Mm -hmm. that I'm I'm still working through. Mm -hmm. It's something that I'm still healing, especially as an entrepreneur, we hold ourselves to such high standards and we really see a lot of people excelling as entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. out there in the marketplace. Um, And so for me, I naturally, and I know this is a societal program, but I can slip into comparisonitis and comparing myself to other people and their successes and their, you know, wins and so forth. And when I get into that mindset, I am forgetting that I am not neurotypical. (laughs) I do not (laughs) think in alignment or work in alignment with perhaps the average or uh, entrepreneur and hustle culture who can get up at 7 a.m. and work all day and then, you know, end their end their day at 7 p.m. or even later. And so uh, there's still some work for me to do around that. But I also know that my all of these things that we're talking about are gifts mm-hmm. and they're truly incredible parts of me and my personality and the way I think and the way I see the world that allow me to be super creative, that allow me to see ideas and see new perspective, perspectives that other people can't see and that other mm-hmm. people don't even know are there. And so be really realigning my perspective and looking at it as, wow, this is a gift has really helped me so much. And it's helped me to reflect that back to my own clients to show them you're so gifted. You're mm-hmm. you have so such an incredible view and perspective on the world. And you need to be sharing that with people. And it's one thing, isn't it, to say those things. It's another thing to internalize them and own the gifts. Totally. Yeah. What occurs to you as I make that observation? Oh, I absolutely love that. It's all about the embodiment and the integration mm-hmm. of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it really helps to surround yourself with like-minded people and let and people who think and act and be the same way that we are. And so, Robin, when I discovered your work and really saw that you were focusing on women and entrepreneurs like us, that really helped me to feel so uh, validated. So seen and so seen. seen. I think, I <laughs> think, that's, I think that that's, I'm so glad you said that because I think that's, that's part of this work is to, whether or not we think the same way, 
that everybody has a place at the table and everybody yeah. is welcome. And, but there is that validation and to be seen, I think is the greatest gift that we can give each other to understand that our brains work differently than other people's. And it occurs to me in the hustle, hustle, hustle <laughs> culture, that's a tough one this morning, that perhaps, and I might be off on this, but I, I've been around for a while now, entrepreneur land. And it seems to me that a lot of the hustle culture is kind of propagated by neurotypicals, the high achievers, the, you know, the A students that didn't have something else going on with their brains, right? So they just grounded out and they just kept going. And um, I was never one of those actually, not in school. In grad school, I got a little bit more like that simply because I was hyper-focused on something that I really loved, which is part of yeah. the ADHD paradigm. But then in, you know, in my work, it's like when I see those people out there who are describing, and we can probably name names, you're describing these people who hustle and focus and they have these big wins and then they go on, lather, rinse, repeat. It's like, what are they doing that I'm not doing? What's wrong mm -hmm. with me? Yeah. Do you have that experience and could you speak to it? Oh, completely. And the other piece that I wanted to share based on our conversation earlier was since I work for myself and since I'm a business owner, I can schedule my my day now according to my natural energy. And so for me, I get up around 8, 8.30 and then I do my fitness routine, my exercise routine, my self-care, my meditation. And I don't see clients until after 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And sometimes I'm working later, but for me, that works. I'm okay, you know, with um, doing creative work, you know, between the hours of eight and 10 PM, because I am naturally more creative during that time of the day. And I still have those moments where I wake up later and I'm thinking to myself, oh, you know, there's some entrepreneur out there who's up at 5 AM <laughs> who is naturally ready to go at 5 AM. And wow, they've got so many hours of the day. Uh, but for me, I just, I can't work like that. Um, and it just isn't al in alignment with who I am. And so I have to let, you know, those parts of me go who feel like I need to follow the traditional schedule that's society has taught us we need to do. The 5 a.m. club. I was never <laughs> a member of that club either. I think we should write a, a counter book like the 11 a.m. club or something. Yeah, like totally. <laughs> Productivity for ADHD years. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the link between... ADHD and your intuition, your spiritual intelligence, and the gifts that you have. When, when did the gifts come online for you? And what do those look like? Great question. So I started becoming aware of my intuitive gifts when I was a child. I was really obsessed, quite frankly, with new age, we'll call them new age topics at the time, uh, with learning about astrology, numerology, psychic gifts, all of the things. And that was literally at the age of 10 years old. I bought my first tarot deck when I was 11 years old, even though I had no idea and couldn't really <laughs> understand what the cards really meant. But it, there was just like this innate sense of knowing that that was a part of my world and that was a part of my life. Now, the interesting thing is that I went to Catholic school for 12 years. And so there, I had this very intuitive 
deep soul knowing part of me who, yes, of course, was having constant conversations with her imaginary friends, now known as her spirit guides at the time, while also going to school and having to learn a whole religious belief system that weirdly just did not make sense and just didn't feel right in my body. And so I was this constant sort of contrast between my inner knowing, what I knew to be true, and what was being taught to me, and what my family members, church community members, et cetera, were telling me that I needed to believe in. And so along the way, I kind of really fell into the societal and, and family and cultural conditioning and programming. And mm -hmm. I kind of pushed my gifts away for a while because I didn't know how to really tap into them. I didn't know how to work with them. I didn't really know, you know, what the capacity that I had for connecting with the spirit world. And so I really rediscovered my gifts later on in life. And I started sort of working with them a little bit in college. And then I really went through what I call a reawakening in 2020. Mm. Quite honestly, while I was working in a corporate job, I had started, I actually started my entrepreneurship business as a health coach and in perfect divine timing in January of 2020 before the pandemic hit. And then all of a sudden, when we were put into lockdown, it was actually a great time for me because I was at home, I was working from home, and I was really able to focus on myself and my self-care. And spirituality started to blossom, and I started to become obsessed with all of those topics all over again, fall back in love with them. And it was like the light switch finally turned on. And it almost feels like <laughs> a whole new version of Emily sort of mm -hmm. dropped in mm -hmm. that year and allowed me to really begin and create the, of the flourishing spiritual business that mm. I, I now have. So good. And little yeah. Emily who bought her first tarot deck when she was 11 is like, yes, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. You know, I've said this before on, on the podcast that when I was a kid, I was raised Catholic too. I had a great relationship with Mary, mo the mother mm -hmm. of God. Me too. My mom used to do, I look back at some of the things that we did when I was a kid with my mom and I'm like, this was totally like <laughs> almost, you know, pagan, like the honoring of Mary, crowning of Mary. Um, there is the Catholic mysticism. Oh, for piece. sure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that we, that I think we're drawn to for, you know, for good reason, but it, it occurred to me. So my family's still Catholic and, um, I'm scanning. I'm like, do, do we, we're going to talk about this because it's here. Sure. Yeah. Um, so my family's still Catholic and, um, I was at my sister's house during 2020 and they had some really creepy kind of activity. And I know that I can manage that, but I'm also kind of like, why don't we call the, cause I wanted them to call the priests in and, and oh, yeah. to have the house, house do a housing. Well, just a blessing. Yeah, blessing well, yeah. the, the priests are going around. There's their twin brothers and they're both priests. I don't And anyway, it's kind of cool, but anyway, so they're in the house doing their clearings and they're reading out of their, their prayer book. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I say these things all the time. Like the, the prayers that the priests say, it's like all of the, the energy work, all of the mystical work was given only to the priests. And mm, so if you weren't, you know point. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so as young women, I used to play 
my sisters and I used to even play church and I would be the priest giving out communion. Like I was like, totally, this was like when I was eight. So like, there were all of these signals probably for you too, that there was something kind of tangentially in alignment with who you are, but ultimately the priest class are the ones who can actually do the things that people like you and I can do. I actually went sense. through totally. And I actually went through a phase of <laughs> my life where I was terrified that I needed to become a nun. I was like, I know I need, Same. I Same. need to do something spiritual with my life. I guess mm-hmm. that means that I have to go into the convent. <laughs> exactly. I have chills. Exactly. Yeah. I remember I was in mass. I was 17. I might've been eight. I might've already turned 18. I was getting ready to graduate from high school after communion. I'm, I'm kneeling because that's what we do in Catholic church. And I hear this voice say, you, you need to become a nun. And I'm like, Oh no, I was so pissed because I didn't want, you know, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to have a boyfriend. I wanted to have, you know, where I ended up for college for my first two years. Where the, the College of Saint Mary, which was run by the Sisters okay. of Mercy, oh, yeah. that's really neat. <laughs> well, kind of, but it was also like it created for me kind of this um, really dis- disconnection. Like I left all at that point when I'm seventeen or eighteen. I'm like, oh, you know what? If that's my only choice, forget it. Yeah, totally. So it kind of created this dis- disruption in my path, I think, but. Um, yeah, our, our early childhood experiences with religion and spirituality certainly shape how we show up in the world. And then there is also this calling for something deeper than that. In the past, it would have been the nuns. Did you know this, Emily, that the nun- a lot of times in past generations, women would go into the, uh, the convent and they could study whatever they wanted to study. They just got to be left alone to do their education or to do whatever they wanted to do in terms of learning. Wow. Like, I didn't know that. That's so interesting. You know, and that's shifted over the years, of course, but yeah. Anyway, so all this to say that you get the, let's just, let's just reel this back in because thank you. Thank you listeners for going with us on that (laughs) adventure into our childhoods and Catholicism, but really coming back into this place of recognizing that there is a spiritual intelligence, the capacity to alter your consciousness, to be able to see beyond what other people can see, to see beyond the the 3D into the subtle energies, uh, the capacity to make direct and conscious contact with divine, to use spiritual and energetic tools and practices in order to bring about transformation, in some cases, miracles in in your own life and other people's. So all of those things, you know, sort of comprise the spiritual intelligence that gets misunderstood and often mislabeled as an ADHD. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think the parallels are so, I mean, they're so clear when you really speak to them that way. And for those of us who, whether we have an ADHD diagnosis or we think we have one, or we just kind of recognize ourselves as being neurodivergent in some way, we really have those natural inclinations to be more open-minded and to be really 
just in general, overall, really open to connecting to God, source, energy, some something, something in the, in the spirit world. And we really can feel that and we can sense that. And we're born with that ability. You know, not a lot of people are honestly able to really feel and sense that natural connection to, to something, to the universe, whatever that is. Um, so I think it's really, you know, a spe something special. And I also think that I personally, I'm not a, a huge, I don't love labels. I say that all the time. I don't like labels. I try to dispel the labels. And so for me, I don't love labeling myself with a title or a diagnosis. That's not how I see myself. That's not, you know, the nameplate that I wear on my chest day in and day out. Um, and so where am I going with this? I'm just, I, th I think that I'm trying to say that um, we don't feel don't, we don't need to feel like we have as intuitive women or, you know, spiritual people that we need to label, label ourselves as both having an ADHD diagnosis and being intuitive. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. I think that the ADHD diagnosis can be helpful when you're working and living in 3D land. 3D world. Totally. Yeah. We totally That's are. That's what I'm like, trying to say. Last, yeah. <laughs> last week I did, I had a keynote address for some, for a new organization and they asked me for a couple of things and I sent over one of the like three things that they needed. Once I recognized that, whoops, that was my ADHD brain. I, yeah. I just said that to them. I said, you know, I happen to have ADHD and just FYI, you know, kind of not yep. as an excuse, but just as a point of explanation. And I think now more than ever before in the corporate space, mm -hmm. we are making room for neurodiversity and seeing the value in it. Having said that though, and I'm interested for your take on this, it's one thing to have outside people say, yeah, 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 there's a seat at the table for you. And yeah, we honor or we value you in your neurodiversity. But it's another thing entirely for you to do that personally. In other words, I think you used the word embodiment earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And just really, I feel like it's such an integral part of learning how to fully love yourself, mm. fully, fully and completely. And just realizing that again what I was saying before with recognizing that you are so gifted in different ways and learning to own those gifts and learning to love those gifts you know and learn and and knowing that they are a part of you they are and that occur it occurs to me that we have to start stop pathologizing ourselves yes what's totally. wrong with me yeah. how what do I need to fix now Having said that, I know you do a lot of energy work mm -hmm. and I'm curious about your take on any connections you've seen between the energy work, the clearings that you do and the relief yeah. of some of the symptoms of distractibility, hyperactivity, <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh, it's huge. It's incredible. And tell us some stories. <laughs> it's so interesting to me because my clients always come to me thinking they want what whatever it is, more money, love, you know, the external things, the manifest external manifestations. But what they really need is they need the energy work, the healing work to help them to feel more embodied in their authenticity and to help them to just live life without the distractions. 
because energetically the way that I see societal conditioning programming imprints from our family from our religious backgrounds culture the media etc it's literally resonates as energetic noise in somebody's Mm -hmm. field Mm -hmm. and so when you've got all of these and not just that but your own inner voice perhaps the the ego inner critic voice yelling at you and the imprints from society yelling at you all of the time my gosh you can't focus on anything (laughs) And you can't be your true self because you've got all this energetic nonsense telling you that you need to be somebody else. So once we peel all of those layers back, we strip away all of those energetic influences. We make peace with your inner critic who turns over time, turns into this wonderful loving voice of your higher self. That's when my clients really start to see a major shift. And I, it, to me, it went after uh, over time working with them, it looks like a light switch is going on. Mm. It's like all of a sudden, wow, we're online. Mm-hmm. The aura is glowing again. We realize who we really are. And it, it's none of that, you know, noise that was distracting you from your purpose before. Well, a lot of what the societal and cultural messages are that I've seen that you're crazy, you're just distractible. Uh, there's a lot of gaslighting that happens Yeah. with regard mm-hmm. to the symptoms of it. If you would just focus more, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just buckle down and do your work. Like all of those messages then get, if I'm to understand what you're saying, get energetically sort of embedded in your system. And that's one of the things that you're, you would be clearing with people as they, as they work with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially a lot of the women that I work with are super intelligent. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of us, we feel like, you know, is the ADHD diagnosis really valid in some ways or or society tells us that it's not again because we are more intelligent more gifted and able to you know be high performing but in reality there are you know some some gaps in our ability to be able to focus and and so forth so yeah, especially create- especially when you burn out like you yeah. can deploy your intellectual resources until you're out and then that's when stuff starts coming out sideways for sure. Let's let's talk about some divine prescriptions. Yeah. Some things that you have seen work for you in terms of either shifting your perception of yourself, uh, shifting, literally shifting the physical body mm-hmm. so that you're able to focus, be in flow, that kind of thing. What What are some of your divine prescriptions? Oh my gosh, so many things <laughs> to mention. Um, so the first thing that I would say is if you can, this is a baseline thing. Try to schedule your day in accordance with your natural energy. Even if you have a job commitment, family commitments, commitments with your kids, and you're not able, the bulk of your day, you can't schedule how you want to. There are always some things such as your exercise, the way that you move your body, your self-care, your spiritual connection time that you can schedule in accordance with your natural energy levels. So start there, start by doing that. That has been a huge shift for me. Now that I'm getting more sleep, first of all, sleep. (laughs) 
the more sleep that I get, the better that I feel. So mm -hmm. any way that you can in order to help yourself cultivate more sleep, a sleep routine, that's going to make a big, big, big difference for you. Um, and then I do want to talk about some divine prescriptions for spiritual connection and for intuition. So for me, what has really worked spiritually, personally, for my own uh, sense of self, my own internal mental thought processes. Meditation has been a big part of my journey. It has really helped me personally with focus. And so I don't meditate every day by any means, but I do try to take five, 10 minutes, sometimes longer to really tune in and spend that time in, in connection with my guides. And that has worked for me. Now I have some clients who cannot meditate to save their lives. <laughs> they can't sit still for that amount of time and that's fine. So what we do instead is we come up with some creative physical activities that we can do to help ourselves be in our body, but to allow our consciousness to be open to receive connection to the universe. So those could be things like taking a shower or going for a walk or a jog or driving or doing some sort of creative activity like cooking or drawing. Mm -hmm. And when you're in your body, it really creates space for you to receive. And to me, that's a form of physical meditation as well. Yeah, it's the is. moving meditation. It's a moving, moving meditation. meditation. Yeah. I was hiking last night with Michael and Cooper and they were ahead of me a little bit. And I suddenly had this big download of information and I was doing some energy work during that time. And it was just like this perfect opportunity of moving, keeping my mind going. Mm -hmm. but in a direction because I had to focus and concentrate on the steps in front of me because we we're on a rocky trail. So it's giving your intellect something to do so that your higher consciousness, your spirit can advise, move, dance Absolutely. with you and so on. Yeah. So yeah. So the meditation, I always say too, with meditation is that if you, if you think you can't meditate because you can't stop thinking, we would never ask you to stop thinking anyway. You just don't exactly. have to pay attention to it. But I love that moving meditation, and, especially, I think is good for us. And just to touch on quickly what you just said, if you feel like you are thinking a lot when you sit down to meditate, get out a journal and get out all of those thoughts mm -hmm. on paper, really allow those distractions to flow out of you, get mm -hmm. it on paper and then try again mm -hmm. and then sit in that quiet meditative space again. Beautiful. Yeah, it's better. so smart, Emily, because. I'm just thinking back in my own life in terms of the ADHD and I've had concomitant anxiety periodically as well. These are all based in the nervous system, by the way, we've got cognitive functioning that we're, we're looking, we're talking about as, as we refer to these practices. Um, so when you've got the anxiety layered on top of the ADHD, the thought of meditating or sitting mm -hmm. still for five minutes is just like, oh no. That's totally. not happening. Um, I know you do inner child work and I know you do shadow work. Mm -hmm. And I believe that both of those invite the opportunity to sit with yourself, which is one of the most uncomfortable things, I think, yeah. for people to do as they are doing deep self-examination. What, what do you have for us on that topic <laughs> in terms of being able to sit with yourself? Sometimes uh, it's like touch, touching a hot stove, like, ooh. I don't want to go there. 100%. Well, a couple of things that I can say with this. First of all, find someone to support you with it. 
whether that be a therapist who can be there to support you with talking through what's coming up for you during those quiet times, or whether that be working with someone like me or another mentor who specializes in this, who can hold the space for you and who can lead you through doing that work so that you don't feel alone Mm -hmm. while doing it. I feel like that's huge. It's that sense of aloneness when you're navigating some of these things that can really create resistance for people to actually stepping into them in the first place. And then I know that feeling through shadow work and inner child work can feel so heavy. Trust me, I get it. I'm done always on my own healing journey and you can really feel a lot of heavy emotions that come up. However, on the other side of it, it may be immediate. It may be 24 hours later. It may take a few weeks. You're going to feel so much better on the other side. Truly, yeah. there's just yeah. a big shift in how you feel and how you show up. And what that's going to create is you're going to be able to change your external reality to match your shift, your inner shifts as well. So you may manifest things more easily. You may call in more soul aligned people. You may call in more soul aligned opportunities. So not to say that there's a a dangling carrot on the other side of doing the heavy inner work, but truly there is, and it really does open you up to limitless possibilities. Well, it does. I think that's such a good point because the very thing that we're avoiding is usually the thing that stands between us and the life that we want to live and the the way we want to express ourselves. And it takes courage to do that. And I really like your point of you're not meant to do this work on your own. This is not something like solo travelers on the spiritual journey are just, it doesn't work out so well, I think, because there's always somebody accompanying you, whether it's highly benevolent or not, you know, make your choices, make your choices. Anything else for divine prescriptions? Ooh, let me, let me tune in here just a second to see if there's anything else that I want to share. We talked about the journaling. I would say really taking care of your body and finding self-care routines for your body that work for you. I'm a big health and fitness person. I started this business as a health coach and I actually have a personal training certification too. Uh, So I, for a long period in my life, really loved resistance training and weight training. And that is a great tool. However, for me, since my consciousness has shifted, my energy has shifted, I've been called to do more Pilates types of workouts, more yoga, more intuitive movement sort of workouts. And that has really worked for me. So don't feel like you need to stick to some sort of pre-prescribed, you know, workout Mm -hmm. plan or regimen that is what everybody else is doing out there on social media, find something, whether that be a modality like Pilates or running or something that really works for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yoga. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to want to show up for it. And it's really going to help you uh, to feel that shift in both your mind and your body. I think that building that mind, body, spirit connection is such an important part of the the journey to loving yourself and Mm -hmm. to owning your gifts, even if, you know, the outside world might perceive your, your gifts as a, as a disability or a deficit. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Mm -hmm. Hey, Emily, where can people track you down on social media? 
Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram at Emily the Mystic. I also have an amazing three-day free mini course called the Intuition Mm -hmm. Activator, which is an incredible introduction to my work. And it really helps you to activate your intuition and learn how to look at intuition in the different ways that I've talked Mm -hmm. about today. So you can find that on my website, emilythemystic.com slash free dot for free slash resources. I will send that to you, Robin, so that you can put in the show notes. Um, And you can also find me on YouTube at Emily the Mystic. I've recently been doing a whole series of videos where I interview different galactic groups. And so it's a whole other direction talking about cosmic energy, but it's another thing that I'm really passionate about. You know, the cosmic energies that are coming through right now, I've been talking with several of our colleagues who we know in the space of spiritual entrepreneurship and spiritual intelligence. And it is something that I think that people like you, like me, who have this, these ADHD brains and also are very, very connected, kind of wired for this time. Mm -hmm. So if that perks your interest, listeners, give, give her a check out on, on YouTube and see what she's got going on over there with channeling these galactic consciousness as well. All right. We are going to see you on the next episode. Have a great day and thanks for joining us. Well, there you have it. Another episode of Mindset Rx is in the books. Let me know if this was helpful. If you found it inspiring, be sure to share it to social media. And if you think someone in your life would appreciate it, then send them the link. And if you do share it on social media, be sure to tag me at dr.robinmckay. Okay. That's going to be it for today's episode. If you loved what you learned today, I'd love it if you'd leave a review on the podcast so that more people can join us on this journey. Thanks so much for tuning in and I will chat with you again next time.